I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. My guest on this episode is, well... I'm just going to have to get right into it because I'm really excited and it will become evident as the episode goes on why I'm excited about this guest, but very grateful that he's given up his time to come and join us today on the podcast. So please welcome Glenn Glowry. Thanks, Amy. Nice to speak with you. I'm so excited to have you on today. I will disclose to the audience that uh, you are a friend of both of my parents, so this feels like an extra special guest to have on. And given that, I have some intelligence that um, you might be a bit of a cricket aficionado. Is that true? Oh, I'm not sure about that. I, I, I like cricket. I, I, yeah, I, I just enjoy cricket a fair bit. So I played a, played a little bit myself. So that was good. And you also, um, again, and I'll disclose another uh, piece of information that I know, you play um, balls with my parents. So has sport been something that's been a part of your life for a while? Yes, I've loved sport ever since I've been a child. So my dad especially introduced me to sport, mainly cricket and football. But I, I like I like I like all sports. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a fairly large part of my life, Amy. And what is yeah. it about lawn bowls that you enjoy at the moment? I just I think um, that I'm able to do it still. <laughs> Um, that would probably be one of the main reasons um, I'm able to actually do it. And um, I haven't, probably my bowls ha- haven't, hasn't really gone backwards very far if it's gone back at all. Maybe I'm sort of gloating a little bit, but I'm going okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I've heard from okay. two, two reliable sources that you are quite good at bowls, so I have no doubt that um, you're a bit of a champion out there on the, the green the field, what do we call it? Yeah, on the, on the green. You're right on the ball there. <laughs> Got to keep up with mum and dad. Oh, it'd be pretty hard to keep up with them. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's a pursuit I've tried my whole life and sort of failing miserably. They set a very high standard. They're terrific people, I'm sure. I'm sure you're just the same as them. No, they're very awesome. So you definitely have the bowls in common with them and uh, you also have another commonality with my dad, which is, again, like everybody knows the reason why I'm doing this podcast, because he lives with Parkinson's. So is Parkinson's something that you find easy to talk about with your community or on a wider scale? I, I probably don't talk about it on a wider scale too much. Um, I, I, I have no problem telling people I have Parkinson's, though. And and I guess um, then if the conversation goes that way, I talk more about it. So I'm not afraid to talk about it. Uh, just it doesn't happen all the time and I don't expect it to happen all the time. 
little bit boring if it happened all the time. But <laughs> Well, we contain <laughs> multitudes, don't we? So as much as it's a part of life, it's not all of life. No, that's right. So, um, yeah, I'm happy. To, I'm very happy to talk about it. There's no, no problem there. And when do you first remember there being a change in your health, maybe those first initial symptoms? I'm not sure, but I, I even think uh, quite a few years ago, maybe even 10, 11, 12 years ago, I sometimes said to Cathy, there's a little bit of a weakness in my left leg or my, I can't remember if it was my left leg or my right leg. It was just a little bit strange and it kept going away. So I, I don't, I didn't worry about it. And, and even to this day, I don't know if that was the start or not. But um, the actual real start that I can remember is having um, nightmares. This was about seven years ago now. Kathy said I was throwing my arms around. So she was a bit lucky she didn't get hurt. So I was throwing my arms around and calling out and having these sort of weird, weird, you'd call them weird sort of dreams because you just can't imagine having all these nightmares. So that was the start. And so Kathy said, um, you better go to your GP. And I, I thought, oh, okay. I had no idea that it was Parkinson's. I thought, I'm just having weird dreams and I'm throwing my arms around. But Kathy had further thoughts on it. She'd done a little bit of research. And so the GP said, off you go to the your neurologist, to a neurologist. And so I went to Dr. Will Lee and he diagnosed me straight away with Parkinson's. I just said, oh, okay. Yeah, it's quite amazing because it's certainly not any of the stereotypical symptoms we know about Parkinson's. And so to just from the dreams being the symptom to get a diagnosis that quick is pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I was probably diagnosed at a fairly early stage. Mm-hmm. I had no, uh, no other visible symptoms. and But from knowing I had Parkinson's, I think I gradually realised there were other symptoms building up. And so from then to now, what are sort of the symptoms that you're currently experiencing? The ones that you can see is the tremor on the left side, that I tremor quite a bit on the left side. I get very tired, a bit lethargic. Um, And I often say this to my neurologist, my eyes sometimes feel hazy or sort of funny. I can't really explain it, but they feel different. I don't feel like I'm wide open. It's like life's a little bit like a blur to me. Mm -hmm. Sort of mood mood changes, um, depression, probably a little bit of anxiety, constipation, just feeling different. Feeling different um, stiffness in my in my legs and uh, mainly in my legs, and that'd probably be the main the main symptoms that I can think of now. There's quite a few, so it's a lot to be dealing with and managing. And I, I guess you mentioned too with bowls, it being something that you still can do, given all of the the symptoms and maybe a change in those physical capabilities. How has it been adjusting to that? I guess on the mental side. Yeah, it's funny with bowls. Um, sometimes I can be bowling really well and still feel flat. I think I've mentioned that to Robin Annette, that I, everyone else on the green will be seemingly excited and I'll just be bowling away. And I might, it might not show in my attitude or anything like that, but sort of deep down I still feel there's a flatness, not, 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 not able to um, get myself right up. 
But, uh, and that would be if I'm bowling bad or good. <laughs> but it right. doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen all the time. And it just happens. It happens, some, it happens sometimes. Because yeah. I know with Dad, he's noticed that obviously Parkinson's presents its own challenges in terms of um, depression and mental changes, but his then medication is also, he feels like, had an impact on the way he's thinking and perceiving things. So it's sort of like a double whammy. Yeah, yeah. Medication to me, um, sometimes I can't actually tell if I've had the medication or not. I, I Sometimes um, people, well, Rob tells me that straight away he can um, he can be on, you know, with his medication. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't feel on or off. I, I, I guess it's helping me. <laughs> I hope it's helping me. <laughs> um, but um, I think um, I'm not 100% sure. And, and another thing with, with Parkinson's, I don't think quite as clearly as I did. I'm not sure how clearly I thought even when I was didn't have Parkinson's. <laughs> uh, um, but but I, I felt there's a difference there, a difference in my concentration. Like if Cathy and I are watching a movie, I'll sometimes have to say, oh, what happened then? Or what did that mean in the movie? And she's mm-hmm. really good. She, she explains it to me. And I, I can't quite think of words sometimes. Uh, so even now I can go, ah, because I can't actually quite think of the word or the sentence I want to put together. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's different. Even though I don't think too many people would notice that at the moment. No, not at all. I think you particularly, because I happen to know that you used to be a school principal, so I think you're a person that has, you know, a high intellect and probably having to deliver a lot of speeches and conversations in your time. So I'm gathering that your expectations would be very high of yourself too. Yeah, that's changed. Um, my, my speech has changed. I'm seeing a speech pathologist and that's, I think that's helping me um, a bit. It really has an impact on the um, muscles of the mouth because I know to do with like swallowing and stuff too. So it would stand to reason that not only cognitively there are changes, but the actual physical muscles of the mouth are being impacted. So, again, it's a two-pronged approach. That's right. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll actually drool. It's mm-hmm. not a very nice thing, but <laughs> you learn to control it. You swallow more often. And um, I don't know, you just just control it a, a little bit more. But, but you're right. I think it's your, the muscles in, in your mouth and in your throat are changing things so gradually mine are changing a little bit I can notice I'm I find swallowing just a little bit more uh, difficult now not too much I can still swallow food and the tablets and things like that but I notice that a little bit more yeah that's so that's that's really that's right but is exactly what you're saying now you mentioned speech pathologies um, a treatment that you're engaging in you found that to be beneficial Absolutely, yes, because um, I'm, I'm doing a, a course called PD Warrior. This is the second time I've done it. I did it six years ago, so I thought I'd do it again, and it's really good. And, uh, the exercises are really strong, big exercises of your arms and your legs and your body. And with that, I was offered to do a little bit of speech pathology. So I think I've had about four or five sessions. I think I've got one to go. And I think that's probably all I need at the moment. But uh, Joanne, she's the pathologist. She's been fantastic, but I don't practice enough. 
<laughs> You're supposed to go, ah, ah, e. but I don't do it enough. Well, we could just stop doing the interview and just do the exercises if you like. Oh, no, no, we'll keep going with the interview. <laughs> so that intervention, the PD Warrior Program and speech pathology has been really beneficial for you. Are there any other things that you can think of that might be a good recommendation for someone else who's looking to try something to help their Parkinson's? Mm, yes, I uh, do uh, boxing, rock steady box at school in Ferntree Gully. And so I do that two days a week for an hour and you do obviously boxing. You don't, you don't hit each other, you hit punching bags and you practice different moves of, of boxing. Um, and we do strength, uh, conditioning, running, walking, Lots of lots of different exercises, and Tommy and Jenny take the classes, and that's two times a week. And then afterwards, uh, about seven or eight of us go for a coffee and something to eat down at the Ferntree Gully. I think it's Maxie's uh, local cafe, and that's really beneficial too because you just start having a chat. Sometimes you talk about Parkinson's. Sometimes you talk about anything else other than Parkinson's. Um, so that's that's been great. I've been doing that for five years. It might even be six years. It sounds like it's a great combination of the physical activity, but also it's a, a community and you get that social connection too. Absolutely. And we have a lot of fun. Tommy stirs me all the time and tells me, tells the group I'm an idiot and stuff like that. And he's only, <laughs> hopefully he's only, he's only joking. We have a lot of fun. Well, he just but wants I, you to punch the bag a little bit harder because you're angry at no. him. No, he just wants to make fun of people so that it just shows people you can have fun and, and I, I, I can take it easily. I give it back to him. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you uh, give him a run for his money. I, I, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, so that's all good fun. So I must like it because I've been going for six years. I think exercise is a little bit of a key for me. I, I, feel, I feel better after exercise. I don't do my exercise during the day and just sit around. That's the worst thing I can do. So I guess that's a great segue, thank you, into my next question, which is what are sort of the, the, the tougher days look like to you and then what's a good day look like? Yeah, a good day would be just oh, a really good day would be going out with my wife, Cathy. We went into the city for three or four days a couple of weeks ago and we just we stayed at a nice hotel. We went out during the day for lunch. We went to theatre shows. We went to movies. We travelled around just on the tram all around the city. Didn't have to even pay because you're you're in that not not the loop, but you're in the uh, zones where you don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. But which wouldn't have worried us. But it was just an extra bonus. That's all. But to know that you're in the in the city, moving around everywhere, and so that would be. Um, and and then having dinner at night together and just having fun, you know. So that that to me is a really good day. Um, playing bowls is a really good day as well. Um, watching Richmond beat Collingwood sometimes would be a oh, good day. Hang on a minute, <laughs> getting personally attacked on my own podcast. I thought that it did you. <laughs> oh, you've had your time. Richmond had their moment in the sun. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And I say yeah. this um, living in Richmond, so I must keep my mouth shut. Don't want to say that too loud. 
you might start barracking for them. You better watch out, Amy. Oh, I better move. You'll, you'll come across some really nice Richmond people. Oh, never heard of one. <laughs> never heard of a nice Richmond supporter. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they would be the days just doing things, I think. Um, wouldn't have to be even going out and doing some gardening with Cathy outside. I think um, when, you, when you say that, I think it stands out to me that doing, doing things doesn't really matter what it is, just moving. I think they're good days. Bad days would be sitting around, not really doing anything, feeling, feeling a bit sorry for yourself. That would be a bad day. Yeah. There's not too many of those. Well, when you've got someone who sounds as amazing as Kathy does, I reckon she'd make most days pretty good. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. How long has Kathy been in your life? We met at Teachers College. So we've been married 45 years, so 46 years. Wow, congratulations. It's good. It's, it's really good. Um, so, yes, uh, we met in the final couple of months of Teachers College and we were married the next year by August. Wow. So that's that pretty good. Do you have and any so, memories of your wedding day? Uh, all, 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 all good memories. It just I think it just went so fast. Yeah. So so yeah, you still remember you still remember the ceremony and a little bit of the the, the, the celebrations of the um you know uh, the what, what do you call it after you have the, the reception? Uh, yeah, the reception. So not too much about that, but yeah, just probably more after the wedding, just the time time bringing up our family and just being together. I think um, you don't know where 45 years goes to, Amy. <laughs> you don't have to worry about things like that. You're, you've got a long, 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 long way to go, haven't you? So, then, oh, um, it, already, 40... it already feels like it's going by so fast. So I can only imagine what it must be like when you've been with someone longer than you haven't been with them. Like that's a bizarre concept too. Yeah, yeah, it's... Um, it's it's been it's been really great. I mean, everyone everyone has their differences, so everything's not perfect in anyone's lives. But it's probably been near perfect for us. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. If anyone deserves that, it's um people that have big hearts like you guys. Anyway, I could talk about that forever, but <laughs> that'll be my next podcast. We'll just do a deep dive into. <laughs> Uh, everybody's lives but just quickly before we wrap it up what's something that you would say to someone that's just recently being being diagnosed with Parkinson's well you'll need to go through a grieving stage you you can't tell people not to grieve I mean it's it's a really it's a it's a quite a um it's, it's not a good diagnosis so once they get through that I think to you need to accept it and get on with your life and, and, and take every day as it comes and, and, and keep, keep moving, keep, keep doing whatever you possibly can that you were doing before and talk to people about it, talk to your family. Don't be afraid to let people know that you do have Parkinson's because it's good for people to know because there will be changes in your, in your physical behaviour and sometimes even your, your emotional behaviour. So people, it's good for people to know why things are happening, especially your family, I think, and people close to you. 
and just get on with life, do do things like boxing, go and keep playing football till you're 60, play cricket, whatever, play sport, um, get on with your studies as well. Don't let it stop you. And every everyone has difficulties. And it's just that some people have Parkinson's. And that it's not a, it's not a, it doesn't mean you're not healthy. It just, it means you've got a neurological condition, but you can still be healthy. That's interesting, that one. Absolutely. That it doesn't determine your whole health or happiness or being. It's just a part of it. And then you learn how to adapt around it or have the event interventions to lead the healthiest life around it. That's right. And I like to set goals during the day just write some things down that I want to do. So I, th- I think that helps me. Um, I've got a, I've got a, um, uh, like a deep faith in Jesus, so that helps me. So, yeah, writing things down, I think that, that's a bit of a key to me, ticking things off, <laughs> knowing, okay, I did that, I did that. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. I love a good list, and I think you're saying, you know, getting up and just going and keeping, keeping going with your life is so important, and, having lists or goals is so helpful to give that direction. Yeah, it definitely does help me. If I don't set goals, I'm more likely to sit around. Which I think is really relevant in retirement in general, or if you're in a moment of unemployment or a lifestyle that is a bit more sporadic or self-motivated, you absolutely need those lists and stuff if you're the person who's in charge of your whole day, if you don't have a workplace to go to or Um, a commitment like that you're like okay I'm the boss here I've got to be a boss of my day yeah that's right Amy yeah I couldn't agree more all right well before we go do you want to give us a prediction of where you think Richmond's going to end up on the ladder this year we'll win the premiership oh okay (laughs) we're we're going to win from round eight right through to round 23 (laughs) Collingwood's going to lose every game (laughs) I better be honest um, I think Collingwood are a, a marvellous team. I, I, it's hard for me to admit this, but I actually enjoy watching them. They're, they're a very good team and, and I hope they do really well this year, Amy. And I think the Tigers, we've got a, we've got a hard season ahead of us, unfortunately. I can see the disappointment in your face there, how <laughs> disappointed you are. Well, I won't tell anyone that you said that Collingwood is um is doing all right and I hope that the rebuild phase for Richmond is quick and that even if it's not this year, next year we can go to the grand final together and then um, whatever happens from there will be. (laughs) That'd be nice, Amy. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Glenn. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I look forward to hearing how things are going in the future. Yeah, thanks a lot for for talking with me, Amy. I do really appreciate it. You have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.